Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, a show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Yar, mateys. It's Tuesday, and you're talking like a pirate. That's because it's Talk Like a Pirate Day. Is it? Yes, it is. Okay. So, come on. Hey, what's a pirate's favorite letter? <laughs> I don't know, Pastor PJ. What is it? No, come on. I don't what's know. pirate's favorite letter? You're supposed to say R. Yeah, no, you're supposed to say R. No. I, I, I responded the way I was supposed to respond. No, I because, you up. because it's, it's, a, it's a trick. Because you're supposed to say R, and I'm supposed to say I. You'd think it'd be R, but it'd be the C. Oh, because sorry, it's I messed it up. The sea, the pirates on the sea. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <sighs> it's also National Butterscotch Pudding Day. Does that change anything? No. Why is that a thing? I feel like days. We should just declare a day to be National Compass, Compass Bible, Bible Church, Church day. day. Let's. Uh, how, how about today? All right. I mean, we're not we're not fighting for a lot of space here. We hey. just talk like a pirate. Get ready day in National Butterscotch Pudding. Day. Happy so, Compass Bible Church Day. Compass. But what, what, what? What if we just make it our launch day? August 6th. Yeah, let's do August 6th and then every year we'll celebrate Compass happy, Bible Church Day. Okay, so happy uh, like month and a half of yeah. church. Yes, day. I mean, we're still celebrating. We can make it a 10-day celebration like okay. Hanukkah. Uh, we could do a month long like Ramadan. Yep. We should we should probably do the the month long thing. Let's okay. the same high. Month long. National Compass Bible Church month starting on August 6th. Okay, but we're already past it then. Yeah. It's September 16th. But I mean, we no, can start preparing for no, it would be an over month because if it's August 6th, September right. 6th. I just, I just slipped up and I said it's September 16th. It's definitely not September 16th currently as we're recording this. It's not. Nope. No, it's not because it's Cause September would, 19th. Because we just said it's, it's, it's September 19th. That's right. By the way, I was... So sometimes, shocker, uh, we don't know all these random facts off the top of our head. We Google like what's significant about this day or whatever just to have some lightheartedness and banter and everything. So I was looking and... Oh, that's what you do? I, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm not as well well read <laughs> as you are. for yourself, obviously. <laughs> obviously. I was looking on um, Wikipedia and uh, that that wealth of information. And they, they give everybody's birthday on whatever day it is. And so as I was going through here, I noticed that, uh, you know, in the 1900s, up until about 1960s, you're getting like politicians and directors and producers and songwriters and authors and violinists and, and musicians. And then you hit the sixties. And from then on, it, like all the well-known notable births that Wikipedia includes here, most of them are athletes, which says something about our culture. Doesn't wow. it? Wow. We are athlete heavy. Yeah. That makes sense. Like that's what we're about is athletics. I'm sure YouTubers will be up there soon. If not already, I'm sure they will as well. I'm sure they will. Also, okay. who are you, some of the top paid YouTubers that you know? Uh, Dude Perfect. Dude Perfect. How much do they make, do you think? A lot. They make a lot. So let's see. Uh, they achieved a total of 20 million from 50 point. Okay, here at $20 million from 58.6 million subscribers and 15 billion video views with 366 videos uploaded. Wow. They're, all, they they're almost to our point. I mean, almost, I mean, really, yeah. no, not the same ballpark, actually. Well, we're doing much better. They than can that. hope. They can aspire. You know, they might try. Yeah. They're right around the corner from our church. 
They are. And yeah. we, we did give them an invitation to which they have not yet taken us up on, they but I'm haven't. sure at some point soon, we'll see one of those guys walking through our doors. Yeah. In defense of them, we don't want to uh, badmouth them. They, they attend local churches in the area. We, we know the pastors at some of the churches that they attend and they're attending, they're which good. is pretty cool. Yeah. But hey, let's jump into Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes chapter seven, eight, and nine. Uh, chapter seven takes on an interesting form because it becomes very proverbial. And so this is uh, another evidence, I think, that Solomon is the author behind this because as we just finished up last month, um, Solomon was heavy in writing the the Proverbs. And uh, it, it takes on that that form here as he contrasts um, the, the wise living and the foolish living. And it starts out right away with a text that Pastor Rod and I were just talking about before the, the podcast started. He and I have both preached at funerals. And that is that it's better to go to a funeral than it is to a party. Um, and the, the reason is, is because of what he says in verse two, this is the end of all mankind. That is death. And the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter for by sadness of face, the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning. But the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Mirth being a word that sounds, that means the opposite of how it sounds. It sounds like something depressing, but it's actually joy. It's, it's mindless joy mm. <laughs> is what mirth is. Mirth. Um, and so it's, it's good to confront our death and to confront our future because it informs the way that we live the rest of our lives, which I think is what Solomon's after here. Verse 14 stood out to me as being especially helpful. In the day of prosperity, be joyful. And in the day of adversity, consider this. God has made the one as well as the other. And then the why offered is so that man may not find out anything that will be after him. So interesting that he would say this. I feel like, okay, I understand. Hey, in the day of your prosperity, be joyful, be happy about that. But in the day of difficulty, you recognize God did that one as well. Mm -hmm. It's not just the blessing. It's also the, the cursing, so to speak. And both of those are elements that should cause you to say, huh, God's at work in ways that I don't fully understand. And I think that's, that's such a helpful posture for the Christian. Be humble. You have no idea. I don't know. Man, I, we don't know what we don't know. And that's a lot more than what we do know. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what we don't know. And it's a lot more than what you do know. And a wise Christian will always remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the next section here. He makes an interesting statement. He says, be not overly righteous and do not make yourself too wise. That that sounds like an odd yeah. thing for him to say. Uh, Pastor Rod, you looked into this specifically in, in the word to destroy yourself, which is what he says is the, the danger there. Help us understand what he might be driving at here, though. It's a confusing text. So I would point you back to verse 15. Uh, verse 15 seems to be the, the the context in which he's saying this. It seems like that's what it's doing in the ESV too, as it puts it all in block text. Verse 15, in my vain life, I've seen everything. There is a righteous man who perishes in his righteousness, and there's a wicked man who prolongs his life in his evil doing. In other words, in the topsy-turvy world, you see things that you don't expect to see. Now, verse 16, to jump in there. So don't be overly righteous and don't make yourself too wise. Why should you destroy yourself? If I'm taking verse 15 and 16 together, uh, and then also verse 17, which we'll get to in a second, they seem to suggest to me that what he's saying is not don't, don't try to be sanctified. Don't try to be like Jesus. Obviously this is, that's an anachronism, but you get the point. He's not saying, don't be like Jesus. He's not saying, don't be sanctified. What he is saying is don't put your trust. Don't put your hope in your righteousness and in your wisdom, because in doing so you might, you might create for yourself some very, some very, uh, difficult, um, I don't know, some, to be appalled. Why should you destroy yourself? The word for destroy there can be translated destroy, and that's a fair translation, but it also can have the sense of being appalled or to be kind of baffled at something, to be astonished. 
And I think that makes more sense to me than saying, I, I'm not going to destroy my, I think destroy adds a, a lot more complexity and confusion than what appalled might be. If you're too righteous air quotes, and if you're too wise air quotes, you're trusting in those things. You're going to be baffled when the topsy turvy world that God allows to exist defies, defies your expectations. So don't do that and don't be overly wicked. Um, neither be a fool. Why should you die before your time? That one's a little more obvious. The, this verse 16 is the one that's a bit weird, but I look at verse 15 to be the contextual clue that tells me this is not about being sanctified. It's about trusting in those things. Yep. Helpful nugget there. Verse 21, do not take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Man, this one is a, a super practical one. I mean, I think we, we may overhear somebody saying something to us, or maybe they say it directly to our face, or they send us a text, or they send us an email, and it's our flesh wants to react and respond right away, and we become offended easily. And uh, yeah, hurt and belligerent yeah. and angry. <laughs> Pastor PJ. Hey, <laughs> that's it. I quit. Um no, but I'll, I'll never forget some advice that uh, my worship leader back when I was in seminary gave me. He said, PJ, because I was going to be a, a worship pastor and he told me, he said, PJ, just know that you're never as good as people tell you you are and you're never as bad as they say you are either. You're mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle there. Yeah. So that was always helpful for me because you know I've, I've gotten plenty of people say critical things over the, the years, some of them less helpful, some of them more helpful. Yeah. And it, it's just a helpful reminder to us to go, okay, yeah. Like <laughs> I know some people that when they're insulted, they say, man, you don't even know. You think, you think I'm bad? You don't even know the depth of it. You know, God does. And by his grace, he saved me. But it's just a helpful reminder that we, we got to be careful not to lay it too hard too much. That's helpful. He ends there, verse 26, he talks about the uh, the woman whose heart is snares and nets. Again, a, a reference to the adulteress, which he hasn't really dealt with too much in this, in this yeah, book. Surprisingly so. Yeah, but he revisits this concept that he talked about a lot in the book of Proverbs, and it's the same idea. We need to avoid her way because she is waiting to entrap the one who uh, is, is in, enticed by her. Chapter 8, uh, it starts out there in the opening section with these, this idea of it's good to obey the king. And this is where original context is helpful for us to remember that he's writing to uh, those that were under the rule and reign of a king, obviously himself, but he's just giving some general principles that it goes well for you if you'll obey the king who's there to protect you and not disobey him. Because in disobeying him, there's uh, there's danger and there's folly to follow. Mm-hmm. I like the little proverb at the front of, at the front of the chapter. Um, who is like the wise, and who knows the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom makes his face shine, and the hardness of his face is changed. I, I take that second line to mean that I think wisdom uh, softens a hardened face, mm. uh, a hardened face, in that uh, a truly wise person who who is wise, who does know the interpretation of a thing, is humble in posture, and it does create a, a bit of uh, I guess radiance, a soul, a soul kind of a. Mm brilliant as it, as it were. Yeah. So I, I think that's a really cool way to start this. Although the connection seems a bit difficult in my mind. I'm, I'm, I'm a bit unclear as to why he would put that there and not somewhere else. Some have said it, it really should belong with the preceding section that it's still part that's of the proverbs. That's what I was curious about. I mean, yeah, yeah. The, the chapter breaks are not inspired. We've said that before. Right. And this is one of those areas where I'm like, ah, I wonder if that might fit with the, the last section better. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it probably does. Look at verse 12 and 13. Though a sinner does evil a hundred times and prolongs his life, but I know that it will be well with those who fear God because they fear before him. And just a reminder that that similar to Job, we see the, the wicked perish or, or prosper and the, the righteous perish. Um, and it comes down to, to fearing God and, and that it's going to be well ultimately with those who fear God. Uh, next section here, he's talking about... Um, Again, commending the idea of, of enjoying the things that God has given uh, because he's given them to them to be enjoyed. He returns to that theme there in chapter uh, 8, verse 15. 
Well, let's jump to chapter nine. Uh, in chapter nine, it, he returns to the, the morning uh, that death is the arbiter for all people. In verse two, it's the same for all since the same event happens to the righteous and the wicked, to the good and the evil. This was just something that Solomon wrestled with a lot is just, okay, death is going to come. I can't escape death. No matter how wise I am, no matter how rich I am, no matter how much I have, I can't escape death. But look at verse four. But he who is joined with the living has hope for a living dog is better than a dead lion. (laughs) Now, remember, dogs were not good creatures in this society. People didn't have house pets that were dogs. A dog was a a mangy animal, was despised even as a a dirty animal, right? So why would he say a dead or a living dog is better than a dead lion? Well, the lion is regal and royal and a symbol of power. But if the lion's dead, then the dog who's alive is better off than he is. So Solomon's saying here, hey, if you're alive, rejoice in that fact because you can learn from all of these things that I've been talking about so far. There's still time for you on the clock and that's a good thing to to hold on to. Right. Yeah. Uh, How about verse nine? Enjoy life with the wife whom you love all the days of your vain life (laughs) that he's given you under the sun. I'm going to give my wife an anniversary card. With that, with that verse on it. He's like, yeah, and enjoy your marriage all those days of your vain life that you're living. <laughs> uh, but uh, how about verse 11? What's he saying in verse 11 here when he's saying the race is not to the swift, the battle to the strong, the bread to the wise, the riches to the intelligent. What's he saying there? I think he's saying that God's not predictable, right? That the way that God in, operates is, is not, we can't know it for sure. He's inscrutable. Right. He's God operates in mysterious ways above and beyond us, right? God, God does get God. And I guess this is an important point. This is a part I've been kind of, I don't know when the right time is to talk about this, but I think Let's it's, do it. it's appropriate. Um, God, oh man, I'm going to sound like a charismatic, but I'm not Yikes. intending to. Okay. God cannot be boxed into our simple categories. We have helpful systematic theologies that give us a sense of, okay, here's, here's theology proper. Theology proper is a study of God, you know, God, the father, typically Um, there's Christology, which studies only Christ. And then there's pneumatology, which studies only the spirit. But when we talk about theology proper, we're typically talking about God, the father and the qualities or the attributes we say of who God is. When, When you go through your Bible, one of the challenges of reading your Bible is not, and I've said this before, so this is a bit of a broken record, but oversimplifying it, making it fit within your theological framework rather than studying it and asking, okay, what does this tell me about God? Um, sometimes that challenges where we are. And I think there's appropriateness to that. Mm-hmm. Asking ourselves is, is what I think to be true about God true? Or is there something I'm reading that's going to upend what I think and challenge what I've been told? So often I was talking to someone the other day, pastor PJ, and I was, I was, kind of lamenting that in the pulpit, we only have, let's just call it an hour, 40, 45 minutes to an hour to, to say something about a topic and ideally to say all that scripture is saying about it. But if we were going to bring out every nuance and every shade of the text and, and even the questions that you have to struggle with through the text, the sermon would be like six hours. Yeah. Maybe that's why the Puritans were so wise. <laughs> they, they would do that. They would spend a ton of time preaching because it's like, whatever, this is what you're here for. You sit down, you, you listen on your wooden pew. Right. Today, though, it's it's hard to it's it's hard to draw out all that a text implies and all that can be suggested in the short amount of time that we have, and that's that says a lot about our culture. I think it says a lot about who who we are. But one of the things that Solomon says that I think it's helpful for us to wrestle with is God is inscrutable. There's things you can know about Him, things that are true about His character, the attributes, but the way that that operates, the way that God operates. Is, is not always going to be as black and white as you think. Not to say he does evil. That's not what I'm saying at all. Although, if we were going to talk about that, we could say, how does a, a sovereign God 
how does he sovereignly ordain evil without himself being evil in any sense? I think that's a harder, a more complex question than we even give that credit for. Uh, all that to say, I think it's important for us to humbly read our Bible, to humbly live under God's sovereign rule and to recognize we do not have it all figured out and to think otherwise to think because you know your systematic theology or that you have you know 100 bible verses memorized about this or that subject um, you haven't even scratched the surface right you're dealing with only the tip of the iceberg that is god and all the complexity within his universe yeah helpful what would you say to that yeah i i mean i agree with that you and i have had convers in-depth conversations since you know we've planted this church about different topics and different ideas that you know i think it's one thing to to wrestle with it in the ivory tower of the classroom it's another thing to wrestle with it in the on the ground day to day of trying to apply this to life and right, ministry right. and yeah god is is far bigger than uh than we understand and that and that yeah you've used the word inscrutable a couple of times and, and paul used that word um in romans 11 when he says how unsearchable is is he in his ways and yeah i i tongue-in-cheek joke but i'm only sort of joking that when i die and go to heaven i, I trust that there's going to be a room that god's going to lead me into that is going to give me a, an update on all the things i got wrong <laughs> hey <laughs> hey here's let me correct you on, on a lot of the stuff that you that you thought well to that point you have a saying that i think it was one of your seminary professors who said it about who's in heaven and who's not can you can you say that Do you remember that oh one? yeah yeah yeah. it was my pastor when i was in seminary he said um the the kingdom of god is is wider than i'm comfortable with he said, when we get to heaven, we're going to be surprised at who's there, who's not there, and that we're there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, yeah, God is bigger than we are and, uh, and, and different than we are. Yeah. yeah. Amen. That's helpful to remember. Yeah. Yeah. In uh, 2 Corinthians 11, um, in the New Testament, I, I guess, let me just call to, to attention something. I, I think we get Paul's heart here for the, the church in Corinth there. Um, he's really going to set up where he's going in the second half of the chapter. And, and unfortunately we only get the first half of the chapter in, in today's reading, but he says, I wish you would bear with me in a little bit of foolishness. Do bear with me for, I feel a divine jealousy for you Ooh, since, like since I yeah betrothed you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. And so he's expressing in the rest of this uh, chapter here that, that we're reading just a, a concern for the church in Corinth saying, man, I'm, I'm concerned that you're being tempted like Eve was tempted and that you are going to drift from the one that I've betrothed you to. I want you faithful to Jesus. And that church is my desire for you, Pastor Rod's desire for you as well, that, that we would be a church marked by that faithfulness to our, our Savior. Yeah, I really appreciate that. In verse two, I, I think that's... I, again, I think that's a heart of a good pastor and evidence of a godly leader. So yeah. that authority used for your building up, but also having a divine jealousy, yeah. passionate for God's glory and honor, but also not just for his honor and glory, but also for yours yeah. to have a passion that you remain faithful and true to what God has called you to. And then that's our job, right? Pastor PJ. Totally. That's what God wants us to do. I find it interesting though, in verse three, that he, he talks about the serpent deceiving Eve by his cunning. And he says, his concern is that your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Um, so I think that's important there because it's, he's referring to the, 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 the arena of the mind, mm -hmm. your mind, that your thoughts would be misled or your, your, your thinking would be distorted and be distracted from what is a true 
and pure doctrine of the word, which is again why it's so important that you're in your Bible every yep. day. Yep. You need to have your thoughts shaped and sharpened by the word of God so that you're not led astray. Yeah. Yeah. Romans 12, be transformed by the renewal of your mind, right? right. Um, even it, it, this, this is probably a safer text to preach. Hey, let's take every individual personal thought captive. Right. Um, here in, in second Corinthians, uh, chapter 11. So, amen. All right. Yeah, well, thanks for joining in for another episode of the daily Bible podcast. We will catch you again tomorrow. Lord willing for another episode of the daily Bible podcast. Sure. Hope so. All right, y'all. We'll Unless Jesus comes back, then we're um, not going to be here. Yeah, we won't, but we'll hopefully you're not here either. Yeah. If you are, there's a series called left. Never mind. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll catch you tomorrow. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Thank you.